Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And first of all, I'm just so amazed that we're almost done with this year. I was um, just thinking the other day, like, wow, we're almost to the month of December. And there's so much that so many of us are wrapping up, getting ready for the holidays. But also, I think this is the time of year where a lot of us go into deep consideration of what our plans are for the upcoming year. So I um, just wanted to acknowledge that. I know a lot of people want some clarity around this time and wanted to remind you that if you are trying to have more clarity, awareness, and understanding about you, where you are on your path, all of the things, you can get the limited edition um, Energetic Alchemist Oracle deck on my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. But what I'm really excited about is Alchemy of the Oracle. That class will begin soon and there are limited spaces available. So if you want to join me for Alchemy of the Oracle, be sure to sign up, go to my website, and there are Oracle boxes that will be going out to participants very soon. But in this class, I was thinking like, wow, it's perfect timing to have a class where we go into deeper relationship with our intuitive mind and learning different ways of clarifying not only our own paths, but just having clarity of mind in general, understanding how we are communicating with ourselves and others, learning how to see and recognize what is in plain sight when we are met with challenges and that energy of confusion and just feeling like not knowing what to do or how to move ahead. There are so many ways just as a part of your natural design (laughs) that can help you gain some clarity in your way forward. An oracle is a beautiful way of helping to reveal to us what it is that we may not be seeing because of our personal blind spots and stories and so on. So if you want to join me for or alchemy of the oracle, go to my website. And even if you just want to work with the cards on your own, you can get the energetic alchemist oracle on my website as well. I also wanted to acknowledge um, and say thank you to everyone who sent me messages about the Reiki Rays Healing Summit, how much you enjoyed the interviews. I have to tell you, I mean, it was an absolute honor and pleasure to be asked to host or co-host this year's event. It was a lot of fun meeting all of the different Reiki teachers and practitioners from around the world. And I know that a lot of you who attended um, also shared that you received so much good information, and I am grateful to have been a part of that. I also have um, my alchemy circle, which I mentioned in the Reiki Rays Healing Summit, the new membership for Alchemy Circle 2023 will begin, the registration will open on January 7th. So if you are interested in working with me in group mentoring, where we do focus on the arts of energetic alchemy, make sure to sign up for your membership, mark your calendar, January 7th, and you can join me for year-long training. Um, I think that is all that I wanted to update you with. I get questions all the time about what classes I'm teaching, what's coming up, if I am offering any classes. And yes, 
those are the main ones right now. But you can always be up to date with what it is that I'm sharing, what I'm teaching, what I'm doing. And even the free offerings beyond the podcast, just sign up for my newsletter when you go to my website and you will receive updates and information all the time. So today uh, we are going to have a conversation with this beautiful uh, guest. It's a woman that I met named Roberta Indella. And Roberta is a coach. She coaches people in the arts of communication. She helps people with their public speaking and also speaking in business. But when she and I connected, we had a conversation around the importance of communication as it relates to our overall wellness. And interestingly, in this conversation, she points out some ways that you can start to understand and even heal the ways that you communicate and how a lot of times it points back to our interactions in our childhood. So there is a lot of interesting information that came through in this conversation. Roberta is originally from South Africa. She recently taught English in South Korea for several years. Then during the pandemic, um, prior to the pandemic, she came to the United States and now she is in Chicago. And from there, she is the host of a speaking and communications podcast, as well as, again, coaching clients and how to um, really embrace their own authentic voice and improve their communication skills. But as I mentioned, what you will learn in this conversation is how this all directly correlates to you and your healing. And perhaps you haven't really thought about the impact of your communication in your life, but our communication impacts every area of our life. And it's funny, I was thinking about how so many people spend a lot of time focused on and working on their throat chakra energy, but there are more layers to our expression than just that. So you'll learn a lot today. If you have any questions or want to learn more about Roberta's work, be sure to follow her on Instagram at Coach and speaker. I will have the links to connect with her down in the show description as always. And if you have any questions or just want to chat with me, you can email me, contact me through my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. I hope you enjoy this episode and I will see you on the other side. Hey everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. Today we have a beautiful guest, Roberta Indella. Roberta, um, before we get into this, I just want to let everyone know that you also have a beautiful podcast all about communication, which is how we met. And I want to thank you for coming today to share your story and how communication can support us in our wellness. Thank you so much, Yolanda. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, we met when I hosted you on the Speaking and Communicating podcast. And I found that there's a lot of values that we share. There's a lot of life perspectives that we have in common. So it was really a wonderful experience to chat with you that day. So I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I'm so glad we're having a conversation again as well, because there's so much, one, about your story that's really inspiring, but 
I think a lot of people don't realize how impactful our communication is, not just to our overall wellness, our confidence. Um, it ties in a lot to our overall well-being, which is a very interesting thing because I've never had anyone come on the podcast to speak about communication. So I'm really mm -hmm. thankful that you're here. But before we get into that, you yourself have just a fascinating story. And so I would love to begin, Roberta, with you telling us a bit about your life path, how you even got interested in the arena of communication. So my name is Roberta Nzela. I'm from the Zulu tribe in South Africa. I'm 46 years old. So if you count the years, the first 18 years of my life were spent under the apartheid system. And so I have quite a different perspective of, you know, everything regarding that part of my life versus someone who was born after democracy. I, um, I first had a corporate career, corporate career back home starting in 1995. I worked with engineering companies because my business degree also had a transportation major. So I used to do feasibility studies in conjunction with the engineers and everybody who's in a project team. So that was my first introduction to the corporate world. And nobody tells you that, you know, if you're smart at school, you just think life is just going to be smooth sailing, right? I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. I'm going to be CEO one day and things are just going to happen because I'm smart. Yes, that counts for something. But nobody tells you that the most outspoken, the most who can, the, the one who can communicate better than others is the one who climbs, not the smartest. And you start to notice that when you realize that a lot of government contracts, they, they you know, companies bid for the jobs, but there comes a time when they don't even send out the job for bidding. They just say, I want that company and I want Yolanda to have the project because I wanna speak to Yolanda and deal with her throughout the entire time because She's good with people. I like the way she responds when I have a, a, as a client, when I have a complaint, when I have a question. Those people's skills are what drives success in the corporate world in addition to your technical. So your technical alone is not enough if you want to accelerate your career. I don't know if I'm making sense. Yes, it makes all the sense. You actually remind me of the saying we have um, people who have the gift of gab. You know, people that, yeah, they're really great at communicating. And it, it ties into that relationship building and that mm -hmm. idea of people remember more so how you made them feel or the impression that you may give could be very different than what's true. But <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. it, it, it's very impactful. That's right. And obviously, you know, disclaimer, I'm not saying that you shouldn't learn your technical skills and engineering right. skills. Of course, you need them. But yes, it's the relationship building. You know, they say people want to work with people they like. Right. So if you are able to have build a good business relationship with me, the next time I have a project, you're the person I'm going to call. Yes. Because I know what it's like to work with you and you. it's how you make me feel. And then after 15 years of doing that, I took a whole 180 and I went to South Korea to teach English. 
And I spent almost the last decade there. There's something about, they always say traveling is the best teacher. There's something about deeply immersing yourself in other people's cultures that teach you not only about them, but that will teach you about yourself. Because mm. you, we, we, we are all in the same culture as foreigners when we come to South Korea, but you have people who think this is the worst thing ever. Or you have people think this is amazing. I'm open to learning. Or you have people who say, I thought I'd like teaching, but I don't. Or whatever it is, it'll teach you about yourself. And therefore, if you are open to learning, you will realize so many things about yourself you didn't know before. So that for me was the major takeaway from spending a decade in South Korea. And I still have very close friends there. And here's one thing, and, and not to be political, but I always say, if we spoke to each other, instead of letting the TV tell us what to think of each other, things would be very yeah. different. Yeah, I mean, hearing that, um, what you just said and thinking about, okay, you grew up in South Africa, then you went to go teach in South Korea, and now you're here in the United States. That mm. makes me curious about the other layer of communication. So not only do you have to learn other languages potentially, but even the cultural differences in communication. So how is that for you adapting to that? And how easy or challenging is it to even learn those little nuances of communicating differently, just culturally speaking. You said something very key there, learning the nuances. Some people are not open to learning the nuances, especially, listen, I love my American friends, but I find that the ones that I've met there, there's this thing, America is great and, and, and this biggest democracy and all that, but if you are in other people's territory, there's that little thing you need to remember that you are now in their territory and they operate differently. Right. So you cannot take American way of doing things and want to enforce it there. So you had people who would say things like, in the States, we don't do this. Why are Koreans doing this? Uh, it's their territory. It, it's not about it being right or wrong. That's the thing. Right. I think we, we 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 get caught up in my country does it this way and it's the right way and every the whole world should no they are doing it a certain way and while you are there it's respectful to abide by that because first of all they didn't ask you to come Yolanda <laughs> we need you if we don't have you in our country we're not going to have teachers oh my goodness please come they did not ask you you said you wanted to be there it's like me coming to your house mm -hmm. when I'm at your house do I obey my rules in my house or the ones in your house while I'm there right. it's that simple yeah. so I find that one even if you don't agree or even if you think this is not how I do it in my country, respect them enough to say, this is their country and they are okay with doing it this way. They're okay with bowing instead of shaking hands. They're okay with um, the, the, you know, some of the grandmas, I know <laughs> in 
it tricks a lot of our stories. Some of the grandmas always want to jump the queue and go first. They, they That's how they do it. It, it, it. Those little things, some people, it got to them so much that they decided, I don't want to be here for another contract. I'm done after 12 months. But if you just let it go and just brush it off, there's so much good you can find in in, in just learning about a different culture. And you yeah. learn about yourself. And also the, the other ways of communicating as well. If and in a workspace, obviously that affects it too. You know, in America, you communicate very differently with the Korean boss. So those things you just gotta you always have a korean co-teacher when you are teaching english always always let that be your point of call in understanding how to present yourself at work how to how to speak to the principal because here in america we say okay mr sorry so it's easy right you, you just approach there are differences in that. Just learn to adapt if you want to be happy and enjoy yourself. Obviously, if you have different plans, that's up to you. But yeah. always learn to respect other people's cultures when you are in their space. It's really interesting. A couple of things. One, it makes me think of the importance of being open to that, especially now where we seem to be more of a global community and that even through technology, we can communicate with people everywhere. I just recently did a global Reiki summit where I was interviewing people that were in different countries. And interestingly, two years ago, I went to um, England and France by myself. But even though it was an English speaking country, I knew to look up what the culture was like, what the protocols were of being there. And, you know, that was really important to know what the differences were in terms of interaction, what is considered normal there versus what would be very different here in America, even down to like tipping or not tipping and um, these types of things. But uh, yeah, so it's interesting that you've had clearly this openness of, you know, going to South Korea and then now being in the United States and having an awareness of um, just the differences in how people are in different cultures. Mm -hmm. But so then with the culture of work, just like swinging back to that, you understood or you came to understand it wasn't just your um, education that mattered in terms of your success or your relationship building or how did you start to recognize the importance of communication and again, like how it just impacted your overall life, but even you, when you started putting more focus and attention on how you were communicating or interacting with others, did it change you personally in any way, like in terms of your confidence or just doors opening? How did it change? Um, the first thing, okay, so let, let's talk about it on the career aspect first. When it comes to communication, Job interviews, for instance, if you don't know how to communicate, you will never know how to speak through your resume. And there are millions of cases like that where I had A pluses from Harvard that graduated magna cum laude. Why did I not get the job? They're not looking for the smartest. They're looking for the person who during the interview session 
was able to not only talk through the resume, but because of your personality and how you communicate, they know in which team they're going to fit you in and in which part of the organizational hierarchy. But if you think just graduating A pluses alone is going to get you the job, but you hardly know how to deal with people, there's nobody who works in a vacuum. Even if you sit in a cubicle, you're not working in a vacuum. What you do fits into something else, which fits into the bigger picture, which affects something else that somebody else is doing across you. you nobody works in a vacuum. So if you don't know how to deal with people, how are you going to deal with a coworker who is late sending you their part of the report and there's a deadline? Are you going to slam the phone on their ear? Are you going to be that type of person? How do you deal with um, when your boss is also under pressure, by the way, and I'm not excusing them, but if your boss is also under pressure and it comes to your desk like, Yolanda, make sure you get this in five minutes and it drops it on your desk. Are you always going to be so worked up about it and think, you know, I'm going to show him. <laughs> I'm not going to do it because of how he presented it to me. And also speaking of bosses, that's how you accelerate because you manage more people and do less technical work. You, you, you delegate the technical work when you go up the ladder. So one, you know how to build relationships. You know how to handle conflict. There's always going to be conflict. There's nobody in the world that love more than my siblings, but we still fight. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> we fight, but you learn to resolve conflict, one, you remember you are not fighting each other. You're fighting the issue, which I think a lot of people, that's where they get confused. You are fighting the issue. And I find that a lot of times when we break it down and we try to um, sort of analyze what is it that you're actually fighting about? Usually the end goal is the same. The reason we were fighting is how to get there because we have different ways of thinking on how to get there. But when it's like, wait a minute, but that's the same thing that I want me to. But so what are we fighting about? Yeah. Yeah. Usually, but people don't even take time to get to that point because they're getting their feelings hurt, they're taking it personally. Um, and that's why we have these very different and polarizing political and religious views. Because if you don't believe like me, Yolanda, you're not going to be my friend after today. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the world we've come to live in. Well, it's interesting because what you're saying now, it also points to that part of communication, not just being able to articulate ourselves well, but the art of active listening. Because so many times we just don't hear each other. And we're so stuck on wanting to be heard or getting our point across that we literally don't even hear that the other person is saying something that may be valid, that may be a value, that would help us understand. We just, we shut down. And it ties into, you're making me think of, because a lot of people who listen to the podcast, um, not only are they trying to come into better relationship with themselves, but a lot of them are holding space in sessions and, you know, building businesses around energy practices. And you're mm -hmm. making me think of the importance of how we hold space for each other, which again comes to that exchange of not only what we say, how we say it, 
but how we're able to listen and perceive. So could you talk a little bit about some of the keys of communication that you have noticed, like the impact of that, how well we listen, and then how it is that we communicate in response? Okay. Uh, the first thing, like you said, we want to be heard. Right. We want to be seen. We want to be validated. We want to know that Yolanda really heard me. She wasn't just listening to respond and, and go out about her business. She genuinely cared in what I have to say and, and how I feel about it. And so it's ironic that we want to be heard, but we don't want to hear the other person. Right. Right. And with, with listening, we also unfortunately use our own filter, right? Yeah. Meaning um, if you share with me your, your painful experience, I will based on that on how i've experienced anything similar before that's where my mind goes while you are talking and then i'm waiting for a response to say oh yeah just do it like this this is what i did to solve that problem mm. you're probably not even looking for a solution you just want me to hear you you want me to validate you and say your, your experience is valid and that i see you I, I really see you as a person or I'm not saying, oh, that happens to everybody. Everybody experiences it. All women experience that. Oh, you're not the first one, Yolanda. Come on. Everybody does. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you have that, <laughs> that is such a kick in the gut when you say that to someone who people are not stats and numbers. They are individuals. And so when you listen to someone, always check your filter. What filter are you using? And the filter is also based on your initial assumptions about them. If you're mm. listening to me and I'm South African, there's a whole lot of assumptions you already made about me, right? <laughs> and so anything I say after that is going to be based on that filter. I'm also guilty sometimes of whatever filter you use, oh, this person is scoring, oh, maybe that's why they say something like that. Sometimes that's not what it is. But always check your filters. Always check as to why you have the assumptions you have about the person. Why And, and, and it's good to always ask and, and check again and say, Yolanda, are you saying this is what happened to you and this is how you felt about it and this is and this was your experience? Did I hear you correctly? Mm -hmm. Instead of jumping to give you advice or instead of still solving, because you know what we do when we solve it? Somebody said this to me. They said, you know what we do? Why we do that thing of quickly giving advice? We being selfish. We're saying. I don't want to deal with this. It's too uncomfortable or I don't have time for this or for you. Can can we just can we just get it out of the way so that we don't have to deal with sit in this place? Right. So it's our own selfish way of saying, I don't want to deal with this. Can we solve it now, please, so that we get out of here? <laughs> That's our impatience. Hmm. So don't try and not make it about you, what a person is going through. And, and, and the reason you see the world in turmoil and people trolling on social media, people are feeling unheard.
heard. Their keyboard is their loudest microphone right now. And they just, somebody in the cloud out there better hear me because I am mad. I am angry. I am hurt. People are hurt. And that's why I heard people hurt. Hurt people hurt people because they are hurt and they're trying to hurt others and say, you know, nobody can hear me. Nobody can see me. And nobody's validating my experience. I need to be heard. Yeah. Well, if that is a challenge for us, and I mean, quite frankly, I'm sure a lot of us don't even recognize that we may not be listening or we may not recognize sometimes that what we're communicating may be challenging to understand. I don't know. You know, like a lot of it, we just may not have awareness around our whole way of communicating, listening or um, being the one who is speaking. So if you were training someone on this or someone came to you and they're like, okay, Roberta, I need to clean up my communication skills. I'm having a hard time relating to others. There's just some kind of clash. Do you have any recommendations of how we come into recognition of where we can make some adjustments or just even some little tricks or hacks that you've noticed work for you to help you listen or to help you communicate more clearly? Mm -hmm. So the first thing usually I, I usually do is a lot of things, most probably all of them, I don't know. But a lot of things always go back to childhood. Mm. Let's check and go back and find out how is it when you said, so when you cried about something, how did your mom respond? How did your dad respond? How, do, when, if, if you, you know how when we're in trouble, and this generation might be different, when you're in trouble and your parents have decided that you're going to be punished, for instance. Yeah. It turns out you actually didn't do the thing. So when you are trying to explain and say, wait a minute, I didn't do it. My brother did. But they were waiting to punish you. Did your parents, I know my parents used to apologize to us if, if they assumed something wrong or not, you know, that affected us. And, and, and especially my mom, she would say, honey, I'm really sorry. I really, but I'm really sorry. But some parents don't do that, especially in African cultures. Even though they know they're wrong, they will, they will be like, oh, okay. But they don't apologize. And the child feels like, wait a minute, you wronged me. You hurt me. You accused me of something I didn't do. The least you can do is say sorry. But you're the grown-up and you think a child, you know, I don't owe her an apology or something right. like things like that. So always go back to what, because usually those things always inform how, as an adult, you, you relate to others. For instance, also, when you have a very talkative kid that they used to say to you, you talk too much. Can you just quiet, be quiet for a second? We're trying to have dinner. You know what I mean? And then you thought to yourself, for me to be loved and for me to be accepted in this family, let me talk less. Even though you were natural born just talking a lot and being this carefree kid, I want to talk a lot. I want to tell you all about my Spider-Man movies. But sometimes you have aunties or nannies who say, can you kid? Oh, my goodness. If you could just be quiet for five seconds. And then you think, wait a minute. I don't get acceptance and love when I talk. Maybe I should. I've had people who got silenced because of that as kids. Right. So at the bottom of everything, 
whatever influences our perception of, I will get love if I do this, or when I was told not to do this, I realized I will not be loved if I continue, so let me stop. So always check how when you were raised, when you used to speak up, when you used to express your feelings, what was the response from your guardians, your parents, your adults, your grandma, your aunties, uncles, everybody? Because it might not even be your parents. Sometimes there might be an aunt who is just, to this day, you remember how they made you feel whenever you it was family gatherings and, and you said something. Right. You, 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 and until you actually take the time to go back, you, you're sometimes not aware of the impact that even extended relatives have. You always think, oh, let me just check my parents. Some people have had uncles who make them feel better about themselves. You know what I mean? So yeah. always check how it was communicated to you when you expressed your feelings, when you expressed disappointment about something, when you had a different opinion to grownups. Because sometimes that's why people are afraid to express their opinions because they were shut down as kids. That's really powerful, Roberta, because, I mean, I think probably a lot of people never considered this before. So this is going to be like a really deep, I'm sure people are right now listening, thinking back to what was it like when they were children. I mean, not only the repression of our voices, sometimes repression of emotion or just lack of acknowledgement how much that would affect us in adulthood in terms of our communication. That's huge. And it's funny you say, I actually realized that about myself like a few years ago. I you know, was someone who I thought and I labeled myself as introverted and you know, shy and all of these things. But really I was raised in that mindset of like children being seen and not heard. So whenever mm. I was around adults, like, you know, as a kid, you just have to sit and be quiet. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the kids have to go in the basement to make the noise away from the adults. And, you know, if you cry, it's just like, da, 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 don't cry. Just you're OK. Everything's fine. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, I wonder, I mean, was I really shy or was I just trained to be quiet? Mm, right. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's really, really powerful. So then. Once we go through and these I layers, that, oh, yes. sorry, Yolanda. Uh, speaking of introverted kids, it's funny. My grandma, she she she's been late for almost twenty years now. My grandma used to say, if if some of our cousins, that I you know we we visit her, and 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 one of my cousins is more the shy kid, the quiet kid. My grandma like this is not normal. Kids are supposed to be carefree. And, and like, what is this child hiding? What's wrong with this child? And, 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 and she'll ask my aunt and my uncle, she's like, a child is not supposed to be quiet. What, what is preoccupying their minds as a kid? Because they should just be playing. A child should be really loud and playing. That was my grandma's philosophy back in the 80s. <laughs> and it's so funny. I mean, just interesting even just the differences of perspective but how it all all of it really can mm -hmm. impact us yeah that's amazing yeah no I didn't have that at all but <laughs> so the thing is though okay so we can have a lot of understanding about perhaps why we communicate the way that we do or why we may even have some challenges in our communication and I want to ask you about how this does impact us though, because I think sometimes we don't recognize those layers, those subtle layers of 
my lack or discomfort with communication could really be contributing to me feeling insecure or lacking confidence or, you know, not speaking up in meetings or not speaking up about the work that I do. Like a lot of people in this realm of spirituality have a challenge of explaining or talking about or communicating what they do because of fear of judgment or misunderstanding, all of the things. So could you talk a little bit about um, the impact on us when we may be repressing or having a challenge with our communication and then how much it can change our life experience or even our relationship to self when we start working on breaking down those barriers around communication. Right. First of all, they only say the relationship you have with yourself is the relationship you're going to have with others. So if you are not secure with yourself, if you don't feel confident enough, you when, when dealing with others, you're going to take everything personally, even if it's not about you. How many times do we do that? And, you, and usually the horror story you tell yourself when you take the time to check with your land, you're like, she, didn't, she wasn't even aware <laughs> because she didn't mean it that way. But the relationship we have with yourself is where it all begins. How do you communicate with yourself? Because that's how whatever dealings you have with others, that's what you're going to be projecting. You're going to be projecting from that lens. So um, I know we talk about things like macro microaggressions of reading these little nuances and thinking people are being hostile towards us. You'd be amazed. Like I said, half the time, they probably are not even that. But when you're already thinking, I, I go around being rejected. I go around being unloved. Uh, nobody sees me. Every time something happens, you're going to interpret it to mean the microaggression. They're rejecting me. They don't want me because I'm not good. All, all When dealing with others, all they are mirroring is what you already feel about yourself. So always check what is it that you believe about yourself? What is it, like I said, back to childhood, as you were growing up, what is it that you believe you believe about yourself, who, who you are, how you see yourself, because self-image is going to be people image back to you. But if you lack confidence, if you feel insecure, even people who are not making you feel that way, that's exactly how you're going to feel. You just simply, they, they simply cannot win with you. You're always going to nitpick on something, even when they don't mean it. I always say, you know what? it's funny my friend and I were having this discussion the other day my friend says whenever people write on Facebook I'm showing the haters I'm showing them who is that <laughs> and why do you think you have haters you, um, you, you're not some Hollywood star with a hundred million dollars why do you think you have hate who, who are these haters I want to meet them <laughs> you know because the point she was making was can we just stop overestimating how much people care and, and, and always nitpick about us? They don't. People have bills to pay. They got work, as you were saying. They, they have things. They have responsibilities. They have kids to take care of. Nobody's always obsessing about hating you. 
it's the story you tell yourself and you need to find out why you always think you got haters people don't like you you're getting rejected yeah always always go back to why you believe that because half more than half the time you find it's not even true and then secondly if you, whether you journal it so that you can you know go back and say wait a minute just reading this makes me realize i'm a little that, that that's a little bizarre why did i think that why did i believe that and there are so many uh, speaking of energy work as well i always recommend this there's so many modalities that always go back to your subconscious mind to heal those beliefs so that you can rewrite new beliefs because the other thing is the, the thing about willpower and motivation we've realized it doesn't make lasting changes so once you establish what those beliefs are find a way to go back and subconsciously delete that file because no matter how much you tell yourself okay i'm different now i'm doing things differently now you still gonna because we work on autopilot you still going to respond in a way that is fed by that file right of the old belief system because it, it drives everything it drives how you see yourself in in your dealings and communication with others it drives how you you know you always take things personally at work you always if, if something listen there are times when you would you would compile a report or do something on a project and you submit it and think it's the best and you get feedback constructive criticism on how to improve is that work doing its work or is that you not being good enough right so you make me think of two things because a lot of what you're saying it does tie right back into this right to energy work and um because there's a lot of introspection and acknowledging what it is that you do believe. I mean, about everything because of the impact that our beliefs have on our life. But I love this, how you're tying this into really having an understanding around the nature of our communication, because you're making me think of Roberta, how sometimes depending on the environment or the topic, we may really shine, so to speak, in our ability to communicate. Whereas there are other things that, depending on our beliefs around it, or um, to your point, our past experiences, there may be certain types of people or environments that we shut down in. And it, it, it's not necessarily that we are challenged communicating across the board, but there, no. there just may be different environments, situations based on mm -hmm. yeah beliefs and um, perhaps how we grew up. But you're making me think of the other side of that too. Like, how do we recognize if we're allowing ourselves to have like this open-mindedness even beyond our stories? Like I may recognize, say for example, okay, I know that I'm, I'm gonna go do something that I'm not comfortable doing. But if I have that awareness, I can also hopefully talk myself into, well, just have an open mind about it. Don't go in with your assumptions. Don't go in already thinking that it's going to be X, Y, Z based on your history. So if I go in with that openness, perhaps then I can even open my line of communication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Let, before I get into that, the, the point that you mentioned previously, um, I have a friend back home in South Africa. She is, I haven't seen somebody more brilliant when it comes to things like advertising and branding. She is so creative. It's unbelievable. And in all of that, and she's a nerd and she knows a little bit about everything. She reads, she she's, she she's researches topics. You, whatever topic, she, she's got it. She knows. The other day she was confiding in me about her struggles with her weight. And the first thing she said was, I know you're going to be shocked because a lot of people get shocked that I am brilliant in all of these aspects. But the one thing that I feel like I have no control over and that makes me feel better about myself is the weight. My jaw dropped. Literally, because to me, with all her brilliance and everything else, I thought she was the most com uh, confident person on the planet. Right. So that one aspect of her life is the one, like you said, it doesn't mean that it's across the board, but there's some things you'll be brilliant in. And then you'll have a struggle in one aspect of your life where you feel like I'm really losing this battle. That's interesting, too, because that points back to what you said earlier, like the relationship with ourselves. And like, yeah, we can um, be very knowledgeable about anything like our work, our different topics, different philosophies. But if we're having this internalized dialogue and the, the communication with ourselves, if there's any um, challenge there. Yeah, I mean, that's going to have a profound impact on us, regardless mm -hmm. of what it is that we know <laughs> yeah right and yeah. we've been telling ourselves and 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 the funny thing is the more we talked about it she says it started she's just my age she's 46 mm -hmm. she says it started at puberty when her body parts started to develop and she didn't feel good about herself and then the monthly cycles made her feel worse so since age 12 she has been not rejecting, maybe that's a strong one, but she has not been accepting of her body for doing that. So can you imagine how many years is that? That's 34. For 34 years, she has been saying to her body, I wish you would stop developing these body parts I wish you would stop this mindly cycle thing I feel I think it's gross things like that mm -hmm. and I asked I said didn't your mom because my mom we we talked about it when I reached people you know we talked about now that I'm a girl you know stay away from boys and all that but it was a fun conversation uh but also obviously the birds and the bees were a serious one but what I'm saying is I said, what did your mom tell you about how beautiful you are and then you're growing up to be this young woman? She said, my mom and I never talked about it. I'm like, oh. So all the stuff you told yourself in your head was just you telling yourself. No one even came to dispute that and say, your honor, you know, objection. I think you're a beautiful woman this way and that way. Nobody said anything. She just kept telling herself that and it's been driving her for the last 34 years. It's so interesting. I have to say, Robert, I, I, you know, you never know how the conversations are going to go. Like, you know what it is that you're going to be talking about. But it's really interesting to me how much emphasis 
about this, about communication. And it, it makes sense, of course, but it's it's just really fascinating how it really redirects right back to this relationship with self. And I love how you have pointed out, you know, acknowledging our childhood, even I would imagine we could learn a lot about our communication through even different relationships we've had throughout uh, yeah. adulthood, like the, <laughs> just the significant relationships we've had and how those may have changed us. But, but I think the beauty is in what you're sharing too, is that with the acknowledgement and with the understanding, we can also then make change. So like if someone is listening and they think, or they're labeling themselves as not being a good communicator, I'm terrible at communicating. I'm terrible at speaking. I'm terrible at listening. I'm always misunderstood. All of these stories and labels that we could put upon ourselves in the arena of communication, it sounds like with what you're saying, we can come to understand why we may be functioning that way. But then again, change can come. So Mm -hmm. I imagine like with your work and especially because you have a podcast about communication, let's say, because we've only had an hour together about if someone listening is thinking like, wow, working on and understanding me and my communication could change a lot. It could change the nature of my relationships to myself, to others, to expanding my business, feeling comfortable nurturing relationships where where do I go? So could I come to your podcast, for example, and learn about the different nuances of communication? How could I work with you or learn from you? And where would I go? Okay, so let's break it down. And please remind me if I forget, because so, I think the questions where you would ask a question, and <laughs> I would forget to answer the rest of it. So the first one is our relationships with others. I don't know how long you've been in your long-term relationship, but the dating pool is, it's its a jungle out there because people will go on one date, you have spinach on your teeth, and instead of him telling you, <laughs> he just thinks, I'm going to ghost this Yolanda girl because she's got spinach on your teeth. I don't want to see her again. I'm going to swipe because you have so many options. The swiping thing has unfortunately brought us to this point. We don't have conflict resolution skills anymore. Speaking of conflict, have you noticed how if you say something to me that really angers me, what's the first thing that happens? Have you felt this thing on your chest and then you start to something here? It's almost like there's a stone that sits here and then and and then you feel really worked up and like, I'm going to show her, I'm going to tell her. The, whatever that trigger is, there's something deeper. It's not just what Yolanda said. Mm-hmm. There's something deeper because you, you you can actually feel your chest pumping and like and your heart goes fast and you're thinking, oh my goodness, the minute I tell the minute I see her, I'm gonna show her. <laughs> because there's something here. It's not even about what she said. And then the thing about business, you were talking earlier about how people who do energy work are sometimes afraid to to express you know what they do and how it helps people the first thing they always say is people buy you they don't buy the product so when you believe in it and when you know that it works 
your enthusiasm and your confidence when you speak about it is the reason people are going to buy for the first time usually for yeah. the first time because I, I if you haven't done energy work you don't know what is what's going to happen so you just sign up for it based on what Yolanda is saying right and then the next time you do it obviously now you have your own testimony and 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 then that that goes forward but people buy you so when you are not confident in your business and what it can do to help people ask yourself why are you afraid of rejection because sales has rejection as part of the equation that's a fact if you're in sales get used to rejection make it your friend <laughs> that, <laughs> that is a fact i don't care what you sell. you could be selling food which is what we need and people will reject it sometimes <laughs> It's just the nature of sales. Get used to the fact that you will be, if that is your fear, find ways to deal with it. And then secondly, like I said, people buy you. So be confident when talking about it. Really believe, if especially if you've had an experience where you've done energy work, You when we spoke last time, you and I, we, you said uh, they, they even do it with people who are sick in hospitals. That is huge. That is huge. Just talking about that alone should give you all the confidence in the world to share that with someone else on how it can help people. So you even have physical evidence of the fact that this works. And then the next thing, when it comes to, um, so we got business, your, your inner dialogue. And like I said, if if you, because even in personal relationships, I think the reason we are ex afraid to express ourselves, let's say we're in a relationship, a marriage, we are afraid that if I tell my boyfriend I don't like what he did, again, rejection, he may leave. He may, he may go, I'm going to find a girl who actually accepts everything I do. He may right. leave. We are afraid of expressing our feelings because of the consequence back to our childhood when you expressed your feelings and you say i didn't like my broccoli were you afraid that you were not going to be loved if you ate it even though in your taste buds it tastes gross it's it's all this end result of what we think is going to happen if we genuinely express our feelings so now we don't have the language to express our feelings that's why we don't know the, the chest starts <sighs> And, 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 and we get angry, that's what we jump to because we don't know how to articulate our feelings. And say, so Yolanda, here's the thing. I grew up feeling this way when I used to express this way, or I was in a 10-year relationship where if I expressed my opinion or my disagreement, this is how my partner responded, or he would slam the door and shut me out and reject me. So when you say something like this, it triggers me because it sounds like those experiences. The next time you want me to do something, would it be okay for you to express it differently by saying this? Because then I will really hear what you want me to say or what you want me to um, understand from where you're coming from. Yeah, I just, I'm, it's, my mind is blown just by how, I just feel like this was so informative. Like you educated us in such a way that I never would have imagined in the arena of 
communication. It's I'm kind of laughing inside because it's reminding me of again to something we spoke about just you know having that openness. We don't know. You can't assume how the conversation is going to go. But if you have this openness, there's so much to learn. And I can't thank you enough, Roberta, for everything that you shared today so far, because really, I mean, I'm sure the wheels are spinning for people who are listening. So I do, before we run out of time, I do want to make sure that people know how to connect with you, your work, how Mm -hmm. they can learn more through all that you share and through your channels. So could you talk a little bit about the podcast tell us what it's called, where we can tune in, but what can we learn by listening to the podcast as well? Okay. So the podcast is called the speaking and communicating podcast. ING for both words, speaking and communicating podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple, Buzzsprout, all of it. And we also, the YouTube channel is also called the Speaking and Communicating Podcast. That's where we upload the videos of the interviews we do on on the audio of the podcast. Basically, the reason I started it was very much my corporate experience of, wait a minute, nobody tells you that your technical skills are not enough. And funny enough, one of my main guests, and I'm still doing other projects with them, he He's a a CTO, so he's a technical guy. He knows all about software. MIT has hired him to teach soft skills, the communication skills, not the technical, which he's qualified in. Because they realize that, wait a minute, these people know the technical, but they're not ready for the job market because the job market, you work with people. This is not the industrial revolution where you just, you know, make the shirt and you go home at 4.30 and clock with your card and you're done. So... The, the speaking and communicating podcast is mainly dealing with workplace communication, leadership coaching, and job interviews. Like I said, there are so many HR friends of mine who ache for people who have so much promise but lose the job because they cannot speak through it. Right. But they don't because they don't know how to sell themselves. Like I said, why should I buy your stuff if you don't believe in it yourself? So those are the main key things that we cover through the podcast. And then secondly, if you want to work with me, usually I get DMs from Instagram. If you have Instagram, my handle is coach and speaker, all one word, all small letters. Coach and speaker, just DM me on Instagram. I usually do one-on-one coaching for now because as, as great as group coaching sounds, but I feel like communication, like I said, it, it's a very individual process because like it, it goes back to childhood and you want the person to be free enough to be vulnerable enough to say, this is what happened. Right. But if there are 10 other people on the Zoom screen, you're not going to get that out of them and, this, and the process is not going to be as effective. So I, I do one-on-one coaching. Instagram coach and speaker, if you want to work with me and please feel free to join my Facebook group, Eloquent Speakers Club. Eloquent Speakers Club is where we share communication tips. And not just me, because it's not like I'm the only one who's an expert in any of this. But um, I have other members as well sharing their communication tips. So just freely join Eloquent Speakers Club. DM me, coach and speaker on Instagram if you want to work with me. And it's the Speaking and Communicating Podcast. 
that and that's to so many people who are experts in the field so and that's many. also on youtube so i'm going to make sure of course to put the links for all of this so for the podcast the youtube instagram at coach and speaker one word and then on facebook we can join the eloquent speakers club and i i mean i'm not going to go down the rabbit hole because I know we run out of time but you just reminded me of as well what you just shared about your friend who um, was invited to come teach at MIT is doctors right so like here they have this technical side down but we often hear about how they may be lacking in what we call bedside manner but how they may not recognize how healing their communication alone is like just that component, the aspect of how we communicate with each other, how nurturing it can be, how supportive it can be, and how our communication lends to healing in significant ways. So I want to thank you. Mm, yeah, yeah. Just, I know. That is huge. Remember how every how many grown-ups have you listened to say, my fourth grade teacher, when she said this one thing, that changed my life. Yes. Not the entire fourth grade year, just the one thing the teacher planted in the kid as a seed to grow their confidence changed everything. How impactful is that communication? Right. Yeah, anyway, I'm done. No, 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 Roberta. I mean, you literally, I, if you could see all the notes scribbled on my notebook, you, <laughs> and you gave so many beautiful gems and a lot for us to consider. So I just want to thank you personally again for coming to have this conversation with me. Thank you for having me on your beautiful podcast. And for everyone listening, be sure to connect with Roberta at the Speaking and Communicating Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also on YouTube. Connect with her, DM her on Instagram at Coach and Speaker. And also join her on Facebook at the Eloquent Speakers Club. Again, everything will be in the show description. But thank you so much for having this conversation, communicating with me today. I really appreciate it, Roberta. I always enjoy communicating with you. That's how you can tell in the last minute. You're like, we can go on forever. I know. I know. <laughs> Maybe we'll just have to have a round two. Because I'm sure after people listen, if you have more questions or something you wish you could have heard Roberta speak more about, be sure to let her know, let me know, and maybe we'll have a round two. I'd love to come back. I always enjoy, I always enjoy conversing with you, Lelando, for sure. I'd love to come back. Yeah. Well, there it is. <laughs> okay, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you soon. Bye for now. Okay, beautiful alchemist. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Roberta. Um, it was really enlightening for me. Um, honestly, I was so curious about the direction that this conversation would go. And I was pleasantly surprised with recognizing just how impactful um, it is to our overall healing and ways that we can identify working on our own communication techniques. But if you would like to work with Roberta and learn more about her work, be sure to visit her, go to her Instagram at coach and speaker. Again, you can click on the link to connect with her down in the show description. And as we are wrapping up this year, the alchemy of the seeker, which is the prerequisite to alchemy of the oracle, 
It is part of the alchemy of the Oracle class. That class begins on the winter solstice, which is December 21st. So if you want to join me for Alchemy of the Oracle, be sure to register right away. Again, there are limited spaces available and you can also grab your copy of the Energetic Alchemist Oracle by going to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. Um, for those of you who already have the deck, just want to remind you in case you missed it, there was a free class that I offered for people who have the deck and the class was called Be Beyond the Veil with the Oracle. And you can um, get the link to that free class and view that at your own convenience on my website as well. Or you can just type in the URL toracle.com. That's T-E-A oracle.com. And on that page, you will see all of the videos that are free content as it relates to the Oracle deck. So I want to thank you all so much for um, supporting the podcast and also supporting my work. And of course, emailing me about your connection with the cards. Um, it's also holiday season. So if you want to buy the deck as a gift, be sure to order right away because I have to get those out, of course, before the holidays. And we know what mail is like during this time of year. So I hope that you all have a beautiful day. Thank you so much again to beautiful Roberta and Della. It was wonderful meeting you and conversing with you today. I hope that you all are having a wonderful season. And remember to always journey in love.